0: And you had brought this up again. They uh, already had offered a scholarship in the year of 2019.
1: Yeah. Uh, By the way, the scholarship offer from Wisconsin is still his pinned tweet.
0: Really? And who we're talking about would be, now, if you know him about putting on your seatbelt, click it or ticket PSAs.
1: From like three years ago.
0: Or you might know him as playing for the Green Bay Packers. Or you might know him for winning Dancing with the Stars. This man is, uh, or you might know him just for his awesome smile, Mm -hmm. Donald Driver. His son, Christian Driver, had an uh, offer from Wisconsin in 2019. And why did you bring that up
1: to me the other? Like he set his official visit. Oh yeah, his official visits, and I was like, he better be coming to Wisconsin. (laughs) Well, he's got official visits at Penn State now and Wisconsin.
0: And I'm like, he better be coming to Wisconsin because Christian Driver. If he doesn't know about his dad, his dad played for this organization called the Green Bay Packers, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time to wear the green and gold. And he better son. Donald Driver better be using his pull to get his son.
1: Son's a four star safety.
0: Yeah, four star safety. And RJ's like he's like one of the best in the nation. He's like he's like top twenty.
1: He's got he's got offers everywhere.
0: Well, where he should be coming is right here to the University of Wisconsin. If Donald Driver doesn't use his pole to get his son
1: here, then Donald Driver is coming down from the Hall of Fame of the Green Bay Packers. In, in seeing his dad's comments, so Donald Driver's comments, he grew up a Badger fan uh, for being in Green Bay for so long. He grew up a fan of Jim Leonard, uh, according to his dad. Uh, but, I mean, also, he's got... He's got offers from everybody. Uh, I mean.
0: What's his Twitter handle? I'm trying to find it.
1: uh, It's like underscore Christian Driver. No H in Christian. Okay. Christian Driver.
0: Do we think there's any chance that uh, Christian Driver comes to Wisconsin as the four-star safety that he has? I'm
1: going to say we got a good, uh, since one of his official visits is coming here.
0: So on his official visits, he is coming to Madison.
1: Yeah. And sometime this summer. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. And to,
0: to RJ's point, his pinned tweet from September 17, 2019 is, I am extremely grateful and blessed to receive an offer from the University of Wisconsin. Thanks to my family, coaches, teammates. He tagged a bunch of players
1: and coaches. A couple of former coaches here. And there he <laughs> is
0: uh, with a bunch of pictures. There's one of Russell Wilson, the Rose Bowl, Bucky Badger, um, having fun, a big EW, Motion W flying. And, um, you want to
1: know why Texas is so bad? Why? They haven't offered him yet.
0: Texas, I thought Texas was back.
1: Yeah, but they have not offered an in-state safety. An in-state four-star safety has not been offered by Texas.
0: Nellie, do you think we have any shot at landing Christian Driver, the four-star safety,
2: one of the highest ranked and recruited players in the nation? I would say yes, just because of the fact that his dad played for the Green Bay Packers and he grew up in the state of Wisconsin for a, a part of his life. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have that connection and it was just his dad played for the Packers for a few years, I would say probably not. Yeah. Oh no, but, yeah. But, if there's, there's no driver connection, then yes, no. But the fact that he grew up in Wisconsin for a part of his childhood and he's got the pictures with the Russell Wilsons of the world, and obviously he was watching the Wisconsin Badgers at that time in his life, I think you get it gives you a little bit of hope. Yeah. He's also retweeting Brett
0: Favre. I know this was a while ago in <laughs> February, but he calls Brett Favre his uncle. Appreciate yeah, it, Unc. Sucks.
1: Appreciate
0: yeah. So we Sorry. not only have Donald well, – I don't know how much Brett Favre will be actively recruiting for uh, the University of Wisconsin, but <laughs> – How about Southern Miss? <laughs> yeah. But he is there is Wisconsin ties there. How sick would that be as RJ? I see him retweeting about Penn State offering him. He says Texas.
1: Yeah, well, Penn, yeah, Penn State's well, Penn State offered him. State, that's yeah? another Penn one of his official visits he's set for this summer. Is but Wisconsin
0: is on his one of his official visit lists. Yes. So we could potentially, as Rowdy suggests, it, just because of Donald Driver alone – we could be getting the son, Christian Driver. Yeah. And you sound like he's not coming, though, just because of how high he's recruited. Honestly. His ranking like, is.
1: When, the it, Razorbacks ran on him. It's pretty hard to get a skilled position player to come to Wisconsin on either side of the ball. Um, I mean, we've won recruiting battles against some of the Blue Bloods with O-linemen and tight ends. Um, but once you start getting to quarterbacks, very rare, Right. And we've seen that with uh, Graham Mertz now being a a quarterback who's spurned, you know, more royal programs in terms of the quarterback position. Royal. Um, But, you know, I think with having the defense the way it is, with Jimmy Leonard back there... uh, and... Jesus, like, every team's in... It. Well, obviously. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, recruiting... Every school in Texas has offered him except Texas.
0: This list is so long. The only one that... Okay, so all the school... Even Alabama, Arizona, Arizona State, Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Boston College, Colorado, Duke, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota. The list goes on and on and on and on. Ohio State... You
1: freeze at Liberty is offered him. <laughs> well, every, I mean,
2: if you're a top 300 recruit,
1: everyone's yeah, going this. to want yeah. you.
2: Every, every school is listed as cool. He's
1: the 15th Ranked, team, uh, ranked safety in the nation. So
0: far as interest, every team is listed as cool, except one is warm, and that's Penn State. That's it's they, Is just because he's okay. got the visit scheduled yeah, they, for June they 18th? They
1: officially have him in there as a visit, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I can't find the tweet right now, but he has scheduled his official visit with Wisconsin as well. Dude, how
0: sick would that be? Jimmy Leonard. And you were trying to do the timelines like, was, was, he, was, he, was he watching Jimmy Leonard play in the NFL? No, he well, was Well, I think nuts. another
2: thing that bodes well for Wisconsin just in general is the fact that they're recruiting the last few years is definitely on an upswing. Mm-hmm. You talked about how it, it's hard to get skilled players to come in here, especially if they're highly touted. And you mentioned the quarterback position. Well, look at the last two quarterbacks that have started for the Wisconsin Badgers and Jack Cohn and Graham Mertz. Those were some of the better quarterback, or quarterback recruits that they've ever landed. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Patrick Mahomes was tweeting about Graham Mertz. Yep. Like everyone was. So that's
2: got to come for something. Oh, no.
0: Here's Penn State tweeting, Penn State recruiting, you know, Donald Driver gifts. I think it's a pipe dream, but my God, a guy can dream <laughs> to have Christian hey, Driver.
1: I mean, as of late, Wisconsin's been getting uh, and top in state safeties, but they're still four-star guys and nationally ranked yeah. staying here. So, uh, I mean... Depending on how crowded the safety position could be, uh, they have guys who are playing linebacker right now who are projected to be a safety in in college. So, um, yeah, you, you gotta like where recruiting's headed, um, and if you can pull totally. not a not a real legacy because Donald Driver didn't play here, but. I mean, a state legacy, it'd be nice to pull in a talented recruit like that who has ties to the state. I could see
0: Donald driving me like, yo, man, the Packers, I was literally living out of a U-Haul. I had nothing to my name. Packers Packers took a chance on me in the state of Wisconsin. And look at me now. I'm beloved in the state of Wisconsin. I could tell people to wear their seatbelts and they'll do it. No problem in my PSAs. (laughs) I could go to have a successful got milk campaign and people love it.
1: Click it or ticket.
0: Click it or ticket. Got milk. I'm in the Packers Hall of Fame. I'm one of the greatest wide receivers ever. Hell, I won Dancing with the Stars. I don't know what it has to do with Wisconsin, but it's there. Now, RJ, during spring ball, what was it like for you guys when you were with the team? Did you guys go to the 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 um, were you down at the like Camp Randall area or were you at the where would you guys go where they don't go anymore? Oh,
1: that's fall camp. That's fall camp? That's fall camp. We'd go to uh uh, what can I think the of the Holy Name, Name Seminary? Oh, this, that's the word. Which it is. is now apartments and and such. So, what did uh, what did you guys do for spring ball when your time with the team? I, you're at Camp Randall or in the McLean Center, depending on the weather. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the time, spring ball was early morning for us to allow uh, everybody to be able to take classes they need. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the fall, you're strongly encouraged to just take. The minimum amount of classes, so you could be done uh, early enough to make practice uh, and not miss reps or anything like that.
0: So, would you class. see like if like new guys coming in because there's 44 new guys coming in for spring ball? Would you see guys like
1: just jump off the page and be like, "All right, that guy's going to be a starter once we get underway in fall." Honestly, uh, it wasn't as big of a thing, even you know, now my 13 years ago to have. The amount of early enrollees uh, that are that are currently happening. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see a lot of that. Most of the new blood that was coming in to uh, replace the seniors or people who were leaving early for the draft. Were a bunch of walk-ons for the spring. Yeah. Um, so y- y- you is didn't this really t- see
0: it. Is this just for guys getting their feet wet to like kind of show themselves a little bit? Yeah, spring ball. No, I know. I mean, our we, sports we, director Zach said we, Mertz is still doing his thing, yeah. and like, Chimray DK, like Paul Chris, I've comments about Chimray
1: DK but from Chris. We've and, seen it where, I mean, there's one or two healthy running backs right now, and it's not. It's just shipper taking the right. carries. Um, you're not. A lot of spring ball is to get guys who are expected to be in the two-deep acclimated uh, with what's going on. So, I mean, even if somebody is out with, like, you know, a hamstring injury, they're not going to rush them back. Yeah. If they don't play at all all spring and yet they're an established starter or established in the two-deep already, uh, they're not too worried about that guy coming back and getting his reps. Yes, uh, okay. it's, it's much like bowl practice where you're getting everybody else caught up with the system.
0: So here is Paul Christ talking about what spring ball is for and about for uh, his Badgers. There you go.
3: Spring ball, I don't think necessarily uh, declares who the starters are necessarily going to be. But thinking spring, you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to prove that you can do something, that you can give something to the team that, that makes you uh, valuable, worthwhile of, of the playing time. And then, then you've got to be able to do that consistently.
0: And we appreciate that. Paul Christ. Uh, he also talks about. Let's see here. I did bring up Chimray DK. So he's impressed what he sees from DK so
3: far. You know, when you talk about guys, you want to have purpose and to practice with purpose. I, I think he's doing a tremendous job of that, and I think it's uh, paying off. And you know, there's a guy that you know, Chim got a ton of reps and a lot of experience, and I think uh, you know he's done a nice job of taking that experience and and building off of it. And uh, I've been impressed.
0: Chimray D.K. was kind of thrust into the spotlight more, you know, just because of people out with COVID or injury last year. He looked like he was going to be damn good, right? You guys excited about the the progression of Chimray D.K.? Rowdy?
2: Yeah, his first initial, I would guess, playing time for the Wisconsin Badgers. He was a true freshman. Normally you don't see a ton of true freshmen, especially mm-hmm. at the receiver position. Yeah. And, yeah, he showed some flashes, especially when you had Kendrick Pryor and when you had uh, Danny Davis out. So, I mean, it's encouraging, right, hearing Paul Chris talk that way about him, saying it looks like he's taken another step. And it's nice to know that you have Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor coming back. So it would be another year for him to uh, play alongside those guys.
0: Now, have you guys even caught up much about Devin Chandler, the six-foot wide receiver, Um, what was he, class of 2020?
2: Was he the one that uh,
1: near the end of the year started getting playing time? Yeah, well, apparently he's turning some heads now. I mean, he was turning heads when he was returning kicks. Yeah, he had a good uh, mayo bowl. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. And uh, he came in in the Northwestern game and played well, and then we never saw him again. So Paul Chris says about Devin Chandler is he's he's starting to think less
3: and play more. The second half of spring, you're starting to see a a little bit more where he's playing a little bit more. And I think any time you get to the point where you're – Playing more and thinking less, then then I think you get a a better and more accurate picture of their, their, their abilities. And I think you're starting to see that. We're starting to see that with Devin. Think less, play
0: more. Turn that brain off. Here's more uh, from Chris on Devin Chandler earning more reps.
3: He did get some opportunities last year, and, and I believe it, it has kind of given him an understanding of the importance of kind of all that goes into uh, being a good position player. You know, the one thing I've appreciated about Devin in his approach this spring is you know, he's been eager to learn and, you know, been taking a lot of reps and certainly has put himself in a position to, to get those reps and then earned them. So I want to talk more Wisconsin Badgers
0: coming up here, especially when it comes to a leadership role. This one's for you, uh, Dougie. And your, uh, what did he say, The uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Oshkosh. It's for both of them. What girl, you gave a shout-out to Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was Miss looking up some stats, and apparently
1: I misremembered things. All
0: right, we'll come back. I want to talk about leadership when it comes to the Wisconsin football team because you're losing some guys, obviously. And some of the guys that are thrust in these, uh, you know, captain positions like your quarterbacks, your running backs, your wide receivers. I mean, wide receivers are kind of set. But for these leadership positions, it's young. All right, boys, so we were talking Wisconsin football, spring ball. And, you know, there's uh, leadership opportunities, leadership roles in this team that, uh, you know, no Jonathan Taylor anymore. There's no, you know, we've we've seen that. There's no, you know, quarterback there that's in like a long – standing now senior or whatever, right? You know, with Jack Cohn now going to Notre Dame. Is Graham Mertz truly taking on that leadership role? Can he take on that
2: leadership you know who role? I feel like f- feels like the leader on this team offensively. Is it the grandson? Feels like Jake Ferguson, doesn't it? I'm glad you, Rowdy, I'm glad you bring that up.
0: Before you say why how about we hear Paul Chris talk about Jake Ferguson?
3: He loves to compete and, and, and guys see that and then they not only see it, but they I think they respect that. So when you have those pieces that that kind of make you up and make you who you are, and you, you do know your teammates and care about your teammates, I think that makes for a good leader. And, and and I think Ferg has certainly been that to this point.
0: Fergie Ferg, definitious. Nelly, why is why is Jake Ferguson now that leader?
2: Well, I I feel like when you've watched Wisconsin football over the past three, four years, Fergie song, sorry,
0: I know that Fergalicious, definicious. Sorry, buddy. Yeah,
2: he's been one of the cons- guys. He's been a constant. Like you look at a lot of the, you're talking about it. There hasn't been a constant at the quarterback position, you would say, since Alex Hornerbrook was there for more than a season. <laughs> There hasn't been a there, yeah, there, isn't, he was. there isn't a constant at the running back position at all last year. No, I guess nah. you could say Garrett Groshek had been there for a while, but he wasn't a consistent guy that, that had playing time, obviously because there was a guy named Jonathan Taylor Never in front of him. Of mm-hmm. uh, you've had a lot of different receivers that have had a lot of different skills, I would say, in the past four years. But Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis have been in and out of the lineup. You've had a revolving door and a lot of new faces on that offensive line. You have a lot of you have a lot of talent, you have a lot of stars that are being recruited on that offensive line, but you haven't had like those huge consistent type guys like your Tra- Travis Fredericks, like your Gabe Kareemi's. Guys that are there and and were solid Big 10 performers and even All-Americans. Yeah. Pretty much their whole career. You haven't had anything like you haven't that had the Three lately. to four years. Exactly. So you you have a lot of guys that have had playing time, but not a lot of guys that have consistently been there. Jake Ferguson has been one of the guys that has consistently been there, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's a guy that you could see last year he was dinged up with a bad shoulder. Yeah, he did have some injuries, but he was always out there, and he's been pretty consistent in his career. So is mm-hmm. this now Jake Ferguson's team? Because, I mean, isn't he the most senior guy out there? See, it's weird that it's the, the position of tight end that has to take on this role, I would say, because normally you would have like a quarterback or or another position yeah. that is more of a skill position than a glamour position. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But you don't have the running back. You have Graham Mertz, who's new, obviously, and he's thrust into that position and he didn't play the entirety of the shortened season, anyways. Right. And you literally have one who's the most senior guy?
2: Is it Jake Ferguson? And I guess maybe the Danny Danny Davis-Kendrick Pryor. But those are two guys that have been inconsistent and in and out of the lineup their whole careers.
1: Ferguson's been there. He's done that. And he's played hurt. He's like, you know, grinned and bared it. In in terms of a Paul Crist offense, uh, especially in the passing game, if he's going to be taking it over again, which he is, uh, we're probably going to see a lot more tight end incorporation. So... The, the, whole, the group as a whole we might see elevated starting this year, and that could be really good uh, for uh, Joe Ferguson, Jake Ferguson. Wow, one went all the way back to his brother. <laughs> uh, Jake Ferguson and even the other guys. Um, Ferguson's going to be asked to block more especially uh, now, I think, to help him be a more well-rounded tight end. Uh, and that whole group is going to have to elevate itself. Uh, but, um, you know, I think it's it's not like... Because who would you say Wisconsin's leaders have been in the past? Like, uh, um, um, well, it's always like a running back, right? I mean, your vocal guys were always the linemen. You, <laughs> like, the guys who interviewed well and were the ones you talked to were the linemen.
0: Would you say Jonathan Taylor was the biggest leader of all those
1: guys in the previous, you know, team, quote-unquote? I mean it's hard to say no right
2: he was the leader he was a he was a statistical leader on the field that's 100 sure true yeah but like rj said remember when there were times where all of a sudden the line's like okay we need to be better yeah or we need to start mauling guys yeah because it's a wisconsin line so i i hear exactly what uh rj saying with the line too and i feel like Jack Cohn, though he doesn't come off as like a rah rah, I'm gonna scream at you leader. He was a leader in, in just uh, how he went about the game. Right. Always how he had he went his about, backs. Yeah. 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 He had their backs, but how he went about practice. Yeah. He wasn't a rah rah. This is what we're gonna do. He just he just did it, and guys saw that and did the same. Now, do you feel that way about
0: Graham Mertz? Graham Mertz says all the right things, and he does all the right things to the media. Like he sounds like he's like. He, Obviously, a team guy and everyone has his back, but is he a leader?
1: I think so. You look at some of the 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 snaps or TikToks or whatever you have. You tiktok No, <laughs> no. I see him when they're posted on <laughs> other forms of social yeah. media. Uh, no, people like him. Oh yeah, I, I mean he's very likable. If that's more so what you need, the stuff that's behind the camera, nobody's going to do that stuff with him. If he's not a leader, that's you know? yep. That's a good point. Um, and the way guys talk about him, uh, it's not like, yeah, he's he's a highly recruited, highly ranked guy. But you don't hear stories about him not putting in the work. Mm-hmm. You don't hear stories about uh, people not gathering or gravitating to him. You know? Yeah. Um. So
0: well, yeah. even like to rowdy's point about Cohn. Even when uh, Cone was hurt, and then eventually was, you know essentially benched because yeah. he's going to have the after, transfer. Yeah. What they say in the Iowa game is when he talked to Chris about it first. Yeah. Like, even after that, Cohen would always be the first guy out there congratulating all the players or congratulating Mertz about, you know, if they yeah. won a game, winning a game. like. He was right there, right away,
1: be like, yeah, like being the team guy. But you also see Mertz doing that too, exactly. And maybe that's learning from the guys ahead of you. Maybe that's his personality in general. But he was always one of the guys when the defense made a stop. He was the first guy up off the bench, putting his helmet on, congratulating everybody, and being like, "Now we're gonna take care of it." Now it didn't always happen, but (laughs) uh, I think we all kind of agree that was more on play calling a lot because there were times in the season where you're. Watching situations and wondering, yeah, what the hell is going heck, on here? What the heck are you doing? Yeah, um, what the hell are you doing, Pauly? But well, it wasn't Pauly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe uh, Rudolph. Let him do his <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, so I think we might see the maturation even more of Graham Mertz this year under Paul Christ as his position coach and as the offensive play caller. Um, and I, th- I think we've seen it a lot, and Zach's hit on it a lot. Uh, why when you have the guy who's led the Badgers to like five of the six top <laughs> offensive seasons ever, do you take that away from yourself? Right, right, right. Um, well, he,
2: he's going to have to. Yeah. Graham Mertz, that is, or else this offense isn't going to be that great.
1: Right. and I, But I think when you have... Because, I mean,
2: look at when he didn't perform at the levels of the Illinois or the Michigan game.
1: Yeah. Look well, at the offense we also know his top two receivers are out yep. and he was throwing to a guy who's our height uh as his primary receiver and
2: that's true but there were also <laughs> games in which he completely missed wide receivers. Well, he had the shoulder we did, injury. We did find out he had the shoulder
0: injury. But he said, but Merced is not making any See, excuses for there's that. There's a lot right. of
2: variables on why his play wasn't to the level that everyone thought it would, especially after the Illinois and the Michigan mm-hmm. game, but he has to get back to that level. He, did, you look, can say, he did look
1: better in the bowl game. Because you can say yes.
2: all you want about injuries and who wasn't there, but at the end of the day, this season, this upcoming year, not everyone's going to be hurt. Nope. Not everyone's going to be missing games. So you still have to perform at that level. Because if you don't, then it's kind of...
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so there you go. Uh, Jake Ferguson's team, though, and then Graham Mertz. Well, like, I mean, it already kind of seems like Graham Mertz. I think Graham this Mertz's, is the
1: but... defensive team, so...
0: So, yeah, <laughs> some leadership roles opening up for your Wisconsin Badgers. Well, happy Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend, Rowdy? Just focusing on some brew crew, some uh, fights?
2: Yeah, it was a decent weekend. Went out on Friday night a little bit, but then Saturday... A little bit. Yeah, Saturday took it.
0: <laughs> Maybe a long bit. Took it easy.
2: <laughs> Watch the Brewers, dude. I dove back into. Uh, I told you I opened up that my card collection. What oh yeah, a your, few weeks uh, ago.
0: Football, baseball, basketball card. Did you find any more
2: gems besides the LeBron James I have, rookie? I've now officially cleaned out every single binder and box that I have. So
0: you're gonna sell those things? You're gonna keep on the big dogs and sell off the like the medium dogs or what?
2: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet. Now, so I have it all out, and I have them all organized by, like, rookie cards or by the type of card that it is. Yeah. So I have, like, a billion piles in my room currently. (laughs) So I kind of got to clean that up. But, yeah, so I'm, like, halfway done. Now I just have to reorganize them and put them back into binders. When
0: I was a kid, I had, like, three different binders all for uh, the different sport you know football, one binder of football, one binder of basketball, and foot binder of baseball, and I would buy those books bu- because obviously the internet really wasn't a, like a that prevalent of a thing in the middle '90s. Just you know, getting its feet wet, but I would buy the books. You ever see the big like the tops baseball card books or like what your value was worth, like the big binder book of like cards of? So you'd scroll through and see find your card, what edition it was, and it would tell you how much it would presumably get on the market. So then I'd take a little uh, tape and I'd put some 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 like painter's tape and I'd put it on the the plastic sleeve of the card and I'd write what how the value of what it was. So I still have that binder, I should go get that. I'm sure the times have changed though from the early 90s to now the early 2020s. But yeah, baseball, basketball, football cards are at a premium right now. It's huge. The market's gigantic. LeBron James rookie card your your prized jewel,
2: correct? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the best one.
0: Yeah, I gotta. I should have to go look through mine. All right, something that wasn't a prize jewel was your Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend. They lost, well, I guess Saturday they won in a big way, but yesterday against the Pittsburgh Pirates, they lost the rubber match uh, in 10 innings. It was the barrel man, D- Dan the Man, Daniel Vogel back. I think we figured the name out, right, Rowdy? You went to baseball
2: reference? Yeah, so this weekend I'm watching all the games, and I swear – one person says Vogel back. One person says Vogel Bach. I remember watching MLB network broadcasts where he was playing for the Mariners and it was Vogel Bach. And I just keep hearing it all these ways till finally this week. And I said, you know what? What the hell is this guy's real name? Ah, so I, I was under Vogel Bach. That's how I always heard it as Vogel Bach. So I finally went to baseball reference and they, they basically spell how it sounds. For every single player, you can look those things up. Yeah. So I finally went and did it, and it's according to Baseball Reference, it's Vogel back, back, like B A K, B A C K, excuse me, B A C K, back. Probably should have
0: done that just from the start. Well, okay. Well, I've heard Bob Uecker call him Vogel Bach.
2: So maybe, maybe, maybe has got to get on Baseball Reference too. I think he's corrected himself I think, now. I was gonna say, to be completely honest, I think I've heard uh, Brian Anderson say Bach and back. Same. So have I. why so I was so confused on it all. So, Dan the Man, the
0: Danimal. I mean, what is this thing? Does he have a nickname? Dan the Man, two home runs. Obviously, Al Garcia getting her done as well. But, Rowdy, they come up short in extras. Obviously, in the 10th inning or in extra innings, any extra innings, there's a runner that starts on second base. And the Brewers have had that win them games early on in the season, and now also early on in the season it now has lost them a game. It was J.P. Fireizen coming in after Josh Hader, what, pitched the ninth, right? And then Eisen comes up in the 10th, and then we all know what happens. It's, excuse me, a little Moran, uh, Moran doubled the right, which scored Reynolds, and then eventually the game's over. Are we, now, Hader was due up in the second spot, so I guess that's why we didn't see Hader come on in the 10th. What do you think about all that? I, mean, I get it because you don't want to waste that bat because you had your big dogs coming up. I but. think
2: the biggest takeaway from this series, because Friday night, we we were on air for eight hours a day the last Thursday and Friday. Eight hours you said we juggernauts. And were right juggernaut. before we signed off, you said you thought you saw a sweep coming, and I said, I think, two, <laughs> I think two out of three, and I think if they lost the game, I think it would be Friday night. Mm-hmm. The, and ma- Hauser got you. the matchup between Brubaker and Hauser, I thought, could potentially go Pittsburgh's way. And it's so I said two out of three. And Friday night, that's exactly what happened. Pittsburgh looked like a better team Friday night. Totally. Saturday, Brewers obviously looked like the better team on Saturday. Well, the game was over in the second inning and, then there, inning. and then there was Sunday, where it felt like neither team really wanted to win it. And then the Brewers were the team that officially found a way to lose it. Yep. And my biggest takeaway from the Sunday game was that bullpen is still a problem. And that bullpen is definitely not the strength that we thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, the bullpen is uh coming into the season we thought it would be the strongest of the Brewers team and now it looks like it is like you just said the weakest. As Moran, you know, hit the leadoff double off JP Fireisen in the 10th to bring home Reynolds and then it was uh that was it. That's all she wrote. It was pretty disappointing cuz you finally seen Daniel Vogel back getting it done with the stick. And now it's, you know, you come up empty and you lose to the Pittsburgh Pirates. But here's the thing, Rowdy losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates hurts, but the NL Central standings right now, the Brewers are still second at eight and seven. The Reds are first at nine and six. The Cardinals third at seven and eight. The Pirates seven and nine. And the
2: Chicago Cubs last, dead last, six and nine. But that's also going to be tested starting tonight. And late tonight. 9-10. For, yeah, first pitch 9-10 against the San Diego Padres. Oh, 9-10 West Coast baseball. That's we're going gonna to really find out what the Brewers are made of tonight because obviously you start this three-game series against the Padres who, by the way, had a top four win total going into this season. And it's, it's West Coast where the Brewers under Craig Council have struggled for the most part. No doubt. But the Brewers... They've got their top three guys in the rotation going against the Padres. Yeah, Woody tonight. They have Woody tonight. You have Corbin Burns tomorrow, and then you have Adrian Hauser the following night. So, I mean, that's... that's his... Is this Musgrove's first game back from pitching the no-no? No, he, he this... had one more. Okay, I got you. He had to start between it.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I
2: Personally, I wish it would have been his start after his uh his no, no, hitter, no hitter because he could only have one way to go and that's down. <laughs> and two, <laughs> his start after the no hitter. Well he could have had a perfect game after he didn't even make it to five innings and he got he uh got hit around a little harder than uh you would expect. So yeah, Woody
0: versus Musgrove tonight, but yeah the Brewers out West Coast baseball that's tough usually for them.
2: Especially it's, it's tough for fans and it's tough for the Brewers. Fans for waking up the next morning and having to go to work. <laughs> and the Brewers just never seem to ever play that well, especially on the West Coast.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll have comments coming up here from Craig Council and Daniel Vogel back. But it was that's disappointing yesterday against well, the Well, it was Pirates. because
2: they jumped out to an early lead. They were up 2 to nothing basically right away in the game. What was it? In the first inning, they scored two runs. And you're like, yep, yeah, this, this is, is exactly it. what they need. A nice this little fast start, get a lead. We're going to see Freddie Peralta continue to pitch well, give the five, six innings, and and hopefully the Brewers will have will put a few more runs on the board but have a nice little comfortable lead. They'll hand it over to the bullpen, and then, yeah, hopefully they can get Josh Hader in a game because, I mean, going into tonight's game against the Padres, he's only appeared in four games out of a possible 15. And would you say he's on pace for him? He's on pace right now to uh, appear in... Low 40s for games.
0: I want to talk about this coming up. Josh Hader is on pace for low 40 appearances in games for a whole 162 baseball season. I'll give you the stats of what happened in the years previous, not 2020, we throw that out, of 2019 and 2018, but I don't want to give it away right now.
2: up against the break. If there's any positive that I could take away from Sunday's game, it would have to be Devin Williams. Devin Williams did come in and pitch, and that was the closest I think we've seen Devin Williams look like the 2020 version of Devin Williams. He looked good because in spring training, he didn't look very great. Well, one, he didn't appear very many times because of the shoulder Yeah, and then he didn't look great. And then so far this season, when he's gotten into games, he really hasn't looked that good. But I think uh, yesterday was the best he's looked all season where he was finally throwing strikes. He was able to throw the change up for a strike with a lot of the movement that he had last year. So at least that, that's a positive. was a positive from that loss is that Devin Williams was brought in in a higher leverage situation situation, and he looked closer to normal than he has earlier this year.
0: There you go. There's a positive. Glass half full. Devin Williams looking good. We'll talk some bad coming up though, but then talk a little good. I also have comments from Craig Council on the way. Daniel Vogel back as well. Brewers getting ready for that uh, West Coast baseball Padres tonight. 9-10. Brewers take her on the chin. 10th inning. Lose the freaking rubber match to the freaking Pittsburgh Pirates. Freaking A, man. Freaking A. But guess what? Brewers still second in the NL Central. Your bottom feeders at six and nine. <laughs> nice. The Chicago Cubs. <laughs> you love to see it. Hate the Cubs. All right, Rowdy. I got an interesting tweet from a guy, J.A. Krabs. But before I read that, it is uh, on the uh, vein of Daniel Vogel back. The Brewers, I mean, they basically kept him on the roster to be, what,
2: a pinch hitter? Yeah, that's how he made the roster. He's yeah. basically going to be, like, the all-time pinch hitter.
0: And then uh, some injuries started to happen, and Kestaddy, Kessen Hira got moved to, what, second base, and Vogelback came uh, to first base, which, I mean, you look at Vogelbeck and you look at his body type, you're like, this guy is, was born to be a first baseman. Or a, but or yeah, a pinch hitter. Obviously,
2: you were going to give Kestin Hira the DH. benefit of the doubt at first base, because Obviously, offensively, the last two years, he's been a young, promising bat. He was your number one overall draft pick a few years ago. He was one of your top prospects just a year or so ago. Yep. And you wanted to give him that first opportunity at first base. Then, like you said, all the injuries and trades. Obviously, they traded Orlando Arcia. He was a guy that could have been used as depth in the middle infield. Mm -hmm. Colton Wong is on the 10-day I.L., and then you're playing guys yeah. like Jace Peterson, who already has had shots on his thumb, the uh, cryogenic shots yeah, that the Ryan, uh, Braun shot. Ryan Braun needed. And then you had Daniel Robertson, were the other guys behind uh, yep. Luis Urias.
0: And other guys going on, but I know it doesn't really affect you know, Hira and Vogelback. but it would be Lorenzo Cain and now Christian Yelich on the 10-day IL at the back injury. But
2: I mean, on days where you want to give Urias a day off and you already have Colton Wong on the IR... Mm-hmm. And and you needed to give some guys off. Keston here is a guy that obviously has played second base in his career, so it made sense to if you're trying to keep both bats in the lineup with the the injuries that are going on. Yeah, to give Vogel back, <laughs> the, back. Opp- the opportunity to play and have Keston here playing second base. And I don't know, but I don't know if you saw it on Sunday. Keston here made a hell of a play at second base. It got it. It didn't turn two, but he got one out where. Because the
0: fielding has been his 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 the weakest. Well, I mean, maybe his hitting's now the weakest part of his game. But, and
2: I yeah. would say if you watch him at first base, it's not necessarily that he's such a terrible glove, because he has made some nice picks at first base. Mm-hmm. He has made some nice plays at first base. His biggest thing is throwing the ball from first base. Well, he's got that. He's got that bad elbow, right, Rowdy? It's not even that. It's just. Him throwing from first to second base has just, <laughs> just not been accurate. It's just tough. All right,
0: well, I'm going to talk some Keston here coming up. We're going to talk some Keston here. But first, I have comments here from Craig Council and Daniel Vogel back on you know, losing, unfortunately, to the Pittsburgh Pirates in the rubber match yesterday at AmFam Field. Let's start with the pitchers. Uh, they said Freddie Peralta was on the mound. Peralta did pretty well. He'd had a lot of walks, though, and it he was that one inning. He didn't have his best
3: stuff. No, and he's not he always had, going he
0: had,
2: to. he had decent stuff. He had good enough stuff for the Brewers to win that game. Day as he took he did. as he took the mound. Now it wasn't his A plus stuff. I mean, he still gave you five innings. Basically, the three runs were on one swing of the bat. Yeah, it was that in the third and inning. So, uh, here's other than that, it was good. It was a good enough performance to win. Good enough. Here is Craig Council on Peralta.
4: But Freddie pitched well. I mean, he, he pitched well. um You know, the, the eventually walks are gonna hurt you. You know, if you if you continue to walk, it's gonna, those are gonna hurt you eventually. And, and today, the walk hurt Freddie. I thought.
0: And here's more from council on the loss.
4: You know, it, it's it's one when you get you know you get into those late innings and you tie it, you feel like you got a pretty good chance at home. They played well in the end there, and then and even the last inning, we had we had the exact scenario we want with Jackie on second and our two, three, four hitters up, and and Rodriguez just did a nice job.
2: And Rowdy, what happened with Jackie Bradley Jr. on second base? Well, one, it's it's kind of the sad state of baseball that we're currently in, as you would expect. You know, so dumb. if, so you, if you have a guy on second. You have your first batter get him over to third, whether that be a a bunt or, you know, maybe he hits a deep fly ball to right center, or he basically just hits it to the right side of the infield, advancing the guy to third, mm-hmm. and then that next guy can put it in play and score the run. Like, but we are currently watching baseball where it's home run swings or strikeouts, and basically. Jackie Bradley Jr. started at second base. She's doing the extra innings now. They were unable to advance him whatsoever, and it well, wasn't that his. One of them was one his of fault. them was on him though, and it was the second out of the inning where it was a, a long fly or a long fly ball to right center field. It's like all those warning and track balls. And he part, wasn't, wasn't even it? yeah he wasn't even tagging up. So that like, I don't understand what you're doing because then you know say there's an off chance. He takes third base there. And the very next pitch, the pitcher throws one in the dirt and it hits the backstop. It's tied. Yeah. So why he wasn't taking third base there, no idea. That's mind-numbing. That's like Little League 101. Yeah. Here's more from Craig Council, though. So
0: a positive that you had put out there in the last segment, Rowdy, which I totally agree with, was how Devin Williams looked on the mound. Devin Williams looked great. And he's coming back off of a shoulder injury. You know, he's already given up two dingers early in this young season. But he looked good yesterday. Here's more from Council on Devin Williams.
4: I mean, Devin's feeling feeling pretty good right now um so that that's I, I think we're getting there and making progress you know that was a big spot today too so it was it was good to, to have a good inning in a big spot
0: so williams came in and uh in that big spot which you know Craig Council was just talking about right there and williams came in and he was straight fire he only gave up one hit though struck out one he had 18 pitches 13 strikes got her done and then later on in the game obviously hater came in and just blazed and then jp fire Eisen came on in the 10th and Bruins going loose. Speaking of that, Pittsburgh has not been playing too bad. Here's more from Council.
4: Twenty minutes after a loss like that, you 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 want to win that game. I mean, it was a clean game today. Period. I mean, they they played a good game. That's what I I think they they were they were solid. Their their bullpen, those you know, they went had to use a lot of relievers. They they pitched well and and they got a couple big hits and there was no mistakes on their part.
0: All right, so Pittsburgh, they're I know they're second to last, but they're better than the Cubs, man. They've been winning. Pittsburgh is seven to nine on the season. Brewers eight and seven though. Uh, one of the big hits on the Brewer side of things, Daniel Vogelbach, the Barrel Man. He looks like he was uh, born like he was Wisconsin night. He looks like he's Wisconsin, nice and thick, fluffy. Here is Vogelbach on staying. I said it, Rowdy. Vogelbach on staying focused. Because what? I mean, what was he on the team for? To be a pinch hitter, right? That's what he. That's what he. That's what originally why he made the team, right? To be a pinch hitter.
2: But you love to see it when. Maybe you've made the team like a Vogelback did mm-hmm. f- for a specific role, but your uh, your name was called for another role and you stepped in and he's played pretty well. I mean, look at another guy that we haven't really talked about at well, all. Well, hang
0: on. We're talking Vogelback right Vogelback. What do you, who do you
2: want to talk about? Well, I was going to say real quick comments from one guy that we haven't really talked about at all, but like Daniel Vogelback has stepped in and just done his job and done it pretty well. Billy McKinney. Yeah. Well,
0: We'll talk more of that coming up. I have comments here from Daniel Vogelbag and he's staying focused despite... As we were just talking about him being a you know a, a pinch hitter, that's why he's on the roster. But now he's thrust into the starting lineup. Here you go.
5: You know, I just try to take every day the same way. There's so much in this game that's out of your control, and there's so little that's in your control. So for me, if I start worrying about things that I can't control, I'm, I'm just gonna you know spend myself out of things that I can't control. So just try to come in every day, be the same guy, be a leader, and have a smile on my face. Get my work in, and when I'm, my numbers called, do what I can to help the team win, whether it's starting, pinch hitting, coming in, whatever that may be. You know, my goal is just to do what I can each and every day.
0: So yesterday. I'm two dingers. He was looking really good. And I have this tweet I want to get to from our guy, J.A. Krebs, about Vogel back compared to Keston here. But before that, Vogelback back. God, i got to get used to that. Talks about it's too early to judge himself.
5: We're two and a half, whatever, weeks into the season, I, I'm not really going to, you know, rate myself at all. I rate myself on, uh, at the end of the year, wins and losses. I want to be on a winning team like I am. At the end of the year, you know, I rate myself on, you know, how we played as a team because that's what I, you know, care about most. You know, like I said, today's a tough loss. You always want to come out on top on these games and win a series, but baseball's right back at it tomorrow, and, we'll, you know, we'll get back at it.
0: Yeah, They're going to be back at it tonight, nine ten against the Padres. One more from Vogelback. He says, winning is the most important thing but also nice to have those dingers.
5: Winning is the most important and, you know, we couldn't pull it out for Freddie today, who once again pitched great. So that's always frustrating. It was a hard-fought game and you, know, you always want to come out on top of those. But yeah, I was just, Pleased with you know, being able to put a couple of good swings on some fastballs and just trying to get my timing you know uh, to where it needs to go so, and get good pitches and swing at them and after that you know I can't control what happens.
0: All right, Rowdy. So coming up, we'll talk more of like the McKinney and the other guys that are you know turning some heads here. Um, maybe that aren't the biggest names, obviously, with guys out injured. So we'll talk that coming up. But first, our guy J. A. Krebs. Before we hit break here and go to the Razor's Edge, he says a bomb, Dan the Man, the Danimal, Daniel Vogelback. Vogue bomb has more production in one game than Keston here has the whole year. I think it's time for Keston to either bleep. It uh, It rhymes with, uh, it starts with an S, then ends with a hit. Or get off the pot.
2: Well, yeah, but what are you going to do with it? You them? can't do anything with Keston here. Where are you going to send them? You can't send them anywhere. If you, if you trade them, you're, you're selling low. And if you send him to the alternate site, there it's is no literally glorified batting practice in infield, outfield. And you can't send him to the minor leagues because Major League Baseball is trying to, uh, well, get rid of the minor leagues for the most part. And they're not even starting up the minor league season for what two or three more weeks?
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people want to say, "Hey, send Kira down to make, get his mind right," but there's you can't really do anything if you send him down. He's going to be taking BP and like yeah, this, helping sweep up the stadium. This, this in Appleton. isn't
2: uh, this isn't pre-COVID baseball anymore. Yeah, I mean they're
0: they're literally trying to bomb minor league baseball. There's nowhere to. They're not even playing. He again could go to the alternate side in Appleton, and but I think you got to pick up like I think you got to sweep the stadium.
2: The alternate sites at Appleton are pretty much worthless for players. It's, it's literally glorified infield and outfield with some yeah, batting practice. That's all
0: it is. It's crazy. So after his two dinger day,
2: Daniel Vogelback is
0: now hitting one sixty seven, and he started the season as a pinch hitter. Hira is still batting. Is now batting one sixteen. Vogelbach one sixty seven. Hira's. On base percentage, 269 to Vogelbach's 259. And Vogelbach slugging is 417, and here's his 233. Gross. <laughs> all right, Rowdy, so we had a tweet here, and I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but the Brewers, the state of the Brewers right now, despite them with all the injuries and all of the kind of question marks surrounding the bullpen now, the Brewers are still second in the NL Central. They're 8-7. and seven. The Reds are a, a top obviously at 9 and 6, but the Brewers are 8 and 7 at second, then everyone else is below 500. Now I know the Cardinals are 7 and 8, then the Pirates are 7 and 9, and the Chicago Cubs are 6 and 9. But with all of the woes for the Milwaukee Brewers, we got Low Kane, Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, um who else is on? Who else is injured? I mean, those are the big dogs, obviously.
2: Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Colton Wong—those are your three main ones. Yep. Obviously, th- those, yeah. the other guys on the the team that have injuries that haven't been there, Justin Topa, who was a a guy that yeah, showed Topa. a lot of promise. Was Ray Black
0: thrown on there.
2: Ray Black has also been dinged up, and he was he was another guy that you thought would he'd be a low leverage arm, but at least another arm that could potentially eat innings. Yeah. Obviously, Justin Topa was really starting to make a name for himself. With his uh, uh, fastballs and, and how much movement he had on his fastball and, and that the velocity that I was throwing at really broke onto the scene for the Brewers in 2020, he's on the 60-day DL. Oof, yeah. So, so so he's done for the probably the next two-plus months. Then you have – because I always remember they didn't know if they were going to need surgery or what was going on. Yeah. And then Ray Black has still had uh, some issues with his shoulder and arm. But then Devin Williams – cuz that's that's what you were expecting. And he looked good yesterday. Was Devin Williams and Josh Hader to be absolutely wipe out filthy, right? Yeah. Once you get to the 8th inning, game over. Game well, over. Devin Williams hasn't been close to that. But like we talked about earlier, he he looked a lot better on Sunday. But all the start or all of the uh appearances before that, he looked nothing he, looked bad. he nothing near what he was. Well,
0: he's given he's already given up as many home runs this year than he did all of last year. That was a 60-game regular season.
2: so Raleigh, and, and, well, guys like Brent Suter and uh, Drew Rasmussen have also got touched up a little bit this year as well.
0: Yeah, so when we came into the season, we're like, all right, we're not sure what's going to be happening with the offense because the offense was absolutely abysmal last year. Like, I guess we kind of knew. It's like the only way it could go is up. and the offense has, has gone up, it has. But, I mean, still room for improvement. There's always room for improvement when you're sitting the sticks. Baseball is a game of failure. But... The offense has improved. The thing that we thought would be the strongest was the bullpen. Well, could you say the bullpen right now is maybe the weakest part of the Milwaukee
2: Brewers team? Yeah, I think I think you can easily say that the bullpen has probably been the weakest part of this team so far. And this so was far. the strongest we thought coming into the season, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, in not? the first three weeks. So we look at these... Because if you take out, the offense was terrible the first week plus of the season. But the last, I don't know, probably what, three series, so nine games? The offense has come around a little it bit. It has. It's come around. I mean, they what lost the- They lost yesterday, but they still scored five runs, which is a little more than league average. Yeah,
0: and you take that all the time if they're scoring freaking five And runs then there game. was
2: that, uh, what was that, that little uh, three-game series or three games in a row where they scored nine, nine, and six?
0: Yeah. No, what, on Friday they only scored one run had five hits, if memory serves me correct. But, Rowdy, looking at this team... The Brewers, despite all the injuries, which we just listed, and the bullpen struggling, which we were just talking about, and, you know, I guess with the the sticks not being consistent, they're still second in the NL Central, and they're 8-7. and The Brewers, I'm taking that as a good sign, right? Like, they can only... I mean, obviously you can always go down because, like we just said, baseball's a game of failure. But don't you think the Brewers feel like they have the opportunity to have these sticks wake up a little more and the bullpen to get a little healthier and back on track? And once you get, speaking of health, the likes of Low Kane, Christian Yelich, Colton Wong back, there's really this team can only just get
2: better with time? I mean, I know they could get well, I mean, worse, getting, but they can get better. Getting Lorenzo Kane and getting Colton Wong back makes you – well, obviously, deeper and defensively better. Mm. Getting Christian Yelich back, who was swinging the bat well, even though there wasn't a whole lot of produ- like power and production behind him, is only going to make that offense better. So that's that's a big thing. Yeah, and then the bullpen can only get better if. Devin Williams continues to pitch more like Sunday than all the appearances prior. Which Sunday was a good sign for him. And you you finally get some of those other guys back healthy where if at the very minimum they're giving you innings. Or they're giving you fresh arms. Now I want to talk about
0: Hader coming up, but first on Christian Yelich. So Christian Yelich went on the 10-day IL. He's at that lower back stiffness. And the hitting coach Andy Haynes had acknowledged that Yelich is definitely getting frustrated. Missing this much time early in the season. Yelich, you know, on Saturday went on the IL. And he had, uh, before that, missed six straight games with lower uh, the lower back strain. And Andy Haynes, the hitting coach, said, quote, Christian's a guy that takes so much pride in playing every day. He does not want to sit. He just never wants a day off. He knows the responsibility he has to people paying to watch him play and to the organization. You know why he's saying that? He knows the responsibility he has to pay to people watching him play. It's got to be from that Robin Yount video. Remember that Robin Yount video when it went viral? I saw Christian Yelich then tweeting about it. I guarantee you, he watched that video, and that's right when the back sniff was happening. And he's like, oh man, I'm letting down the kid, and I'm letting down the kids in the stands. Christian Yelich, do you? Okay, so taking account last year and the start of this season now, you have the back injury. I know it's just stiffness, but they're being careful with them. It's a long season. Are you getting nervous at all about Christian Yelich after signing that pretty sizable contract for the Brewers?
2: See, yes, but the reason why I'm getting nervous is because of the past superstar that the that the Brewers signed to a long-term contract. You're talking about Ryan Braun? Ryan Joseph Braun. Yes, that's exactly who I'm talking about because when Ryan Braun signed that long extension, there was no PED incidents. There were no suspensions. There wasn't really a ton of injuries that were always, you know, he would occasionally have like some stiffness yeah. or some soreness. It was just him being a beast at the plate. But yeah, it was him being a younger guy that would looked like he was going to be just, well, he was a phenom and you want him there long term. A juggernaut. And pretty much not too long after signing that extension, mm. that's when the PEDs, positives surfaced that's when it seemed like if it wasn't his thumb then it was his groin if it wasn't his groin then it was his hamstring if it wasn't his hamstring it was a quad if it wasn't a quad it was oblique and if it wasn't as oblique he just woke up funny and his neck hurt (laughs) like it was one thing after another didn't it seem like that for Ryan Broad it truly was and you're like well doesn't that kind of coincide with getting off the juice and for now, Christian Yelich has never been suspected of using PEDs. Has never tested positive. Well, for I saw PEDs. some Brewers
0: fan trying to make the case that Christian Yelich was uh, getting pitches tipped to him, like off the U. Darvishes and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah,
2: that was that's the most I've ever seen from anyone. For I guess you would say Christian Yelich, quote unquote, cheating was mm-hmm. basically knowing what pitch was coming. Yeah. that's the most I've ever seen yeah, man, too. Stop. But stop, but at stop, the same stop. time, the deal that they signed, where over the course of the next ten years. You were going to have a Christian Yelich for about $26 million a year. That was a steal of a deal at the time. Steal of a deal. Then, like we've seen all too often as as Milwaukee Brewers fans, when they go out and sign that star player to a long-term contract, something disastrous happens. Mm. One, the pandemic. So now all of a sudden they don't want to go out and spend as much money as they before the pandemic. Probably would have. And then yeah, right before the pandemic, he busts his kneecap in an absolute <laughs> freak accident.
0: Like, the odds of that happening like, getting struck by lightning.
2: And then he's come back, and in that 2020 season was not good, though it was only two months. But then in 2021, there hasn't been a lot of uh, power in production, and now he's got this back, which we were told at first that he wasn't going to be put on the IL because it was just precautionary. The precautionary, they want to be extra careful. And safe. you remember about three days in where I go, where the hell was Christian Yelich in that? Uh, well,
0: there's like, a, I would to do a missing persons report on him when I saw the lineup come out on Saturday
2: or maybe it was Friday night. I'm like, where the hell is Christian Yelich? Well, there was a game in that Cubs series where it was the game that the Brewers lost, and there was a final at bat for the Brewers to potentially win the game, and they had guys on and Christian Yelich, or they needed a pinch hitter, and I'm like, where the hell is Christian Yelich? Oh. Literally earlier that day, they had reports from Sophia Minner talking about how... If this was a playoff game, yeah, Colton Lee. Wong, Yelich, and Kane, all three, could probably play. Correct. Well, guess what? Christian Yelich is now on the IL. Lorenzo Kane was not, is now on the IL. And Colton, Colton Wong, they say, the they say, is doing better. And he's supposedly, today, he's supposed to really ramp up his stuff to see if he'll be ready to go. But we haven't seen all three of them. When they said if it was a playoff game, all three of them probably could have played. We didn't even see an... And at bat from Christian Yelich, and now all of a and sudden... And he was not on the I.L. at the time, either. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, days later, this wasn't the next day. This is days later, now he's on the I.L. with back stiffness or back discomfort. So, yeah, it is a little bit disheartening, because as a Brewer fan, every time you've seen them sign a a what you thought would be a superstar for the foreseeable future, especially in recent memory... It hasn't turned out well. And then if it does turn out that he's got a bad back for the next 10 years, now you're freaking married to that contract. (laughs) (laughs) You are. So I thought of this yesterday as the Brewers ended up
0: after the Brewers lost. I'm like, man, Christian Yelich from where he was in that MVP season, then right before he blew his kneecap out in that freak foul ball off his stick, obviously, it was like, dude, Yelly was on another MVP tear, and then the 2020 season happens, and yeah, everything's in flux and thrown out of whack because of this thing called COVID-19. If you if you haven't heard about it, uh, I'd say get under your rock, out from under your rock, and then it looked like you're just a little gun shy. And then to start this season again, you're like, man, what's with Yelly stick? And then all of a sudden, it's the back, lower back tightness, stiffness, soreness, whatever the hell you want to call it. And he's on the 10-day IL. But, Rowdy, here is a positive sign for the Milwaukee Brewers. I know last season, 60 games, plus the one that the Brewers lost in the playoffs. But in that season, the Brewers were absolutely terrible in the first inning. Check this out, though. With Daniel Vogelbach, when he drilled that sinker out to right center, his first home run of yesterday's game, the Brewers in the first inning the Brewers now have put up 16 runs in the first inning this season. That's one more than they scored in the 60-game season plus the playoffs in 2020. Isn't that wild? Again, the Brewers have 16 runs in the first inning this season. That is now one more than the entire 60-game regular season last year, including the little you know stint in the playoffs they had. That is nuts. Baseball pretty wild. Baseball pretty wacky. Uh, our guy, uh, Vagabond Johnny, says, yo, it's a long season, boys. Let's calm down, my dudes. It's April. Okay? I agree with you. Like, yes. But how many times have we seen the Brewers but also, miss out we're on games? To be,
2: we're also supposed to be speaking on the current state of the Milwaukee Brewers.
0: Yeah, the current state of the Brewers is like, okay, you're doing, you're doing good. Definitely room for
2: improvement, though. I mean, I don't say good after you lose to the worst team in the majors and the Pirates. Like, there's, but that's the thing, right? Like the Travis Shaw's, the Omar Nerviases, even Billy Bikini, who's been swinging a pretty good bat, filling in for uh, Christian Yelich. They are only going to play at the level that they're playing at for so long. Yeah, I mean, it's, like it's a roller coaster. When it, when it comes time, you need your superstars, your all stars, and your better players to perform. Or how about this to play? Because they ain't playing. Well, they need to play and obviously play <laughs> and, at yeah. a high level because, I mean, look at Christian Yelich. Look at what Christian Yelich did last season in his 60 games. He played. And he did not play. He didn't play at a, at a high level. Oh, let's see here. Our guy Vega Majani
0: says, he says uh, also, is April the worst sports month? It could. I mean, the dog days of summer get pretty uh, in between the NFL draft. Or after the NFL draft, it gets pretty bad. But yeah, April's not April's not the greatest for sports months. Are they, the Brewers that is, babying Josh Hader,
2: Rowdy? I mean, I've been under that guy's now pretty much since they moved him out of that uh, multiple inning role.
0: Yep, and now just a, strictly a, a ninth inning
2: closer. Yeah, strictly a ninth inning closer that has pitched in four out of a possible 15 games. And the Brewers are eight and seven, so at least they still have a winning record. But if he keeps on this pace of entering roughly four out of every 15 games, that's about 26%. He'll only appear in 43 games.
0: 43 this year. games this year. One of the most deadliest arms in the majors. Josh Hader in 2018 and 2019, all-star both years in 2018. Josh Hader played in or appeared in 55 games. And in 2019, Sixty-one.
2: Yeah, and if you even look at his how his 2017 season, which wasn't a full season, he appeared in 35 games there, and that was a, a year in which he was brought up during the season.
0: Yeah, and what wasn't everyone trying to make him a starting pitcher? That yeah, year that too? was where they brought him out, or not
2: everyone. Like the fans are like, "You should be a starter." They brought him up, and he ba- yeah he basically was in the bullpen, and he looked like the part, right? Like he looked pretty good. And that was when fans were calling for him to be a starter. And then that even carried into 2018 a little bit for the first couple months of 2018 when it was clear that there's no reason. There's no reason to make him a starter and that he is going to excel as a reliever and potentially as a future closer.
0: So Josh Hader, get the bubble wrap out for the hater as he is, what did you say, he's on pace for 41? 40, yeah,
2: 43 games this year. Yeah. which is well below his 2018 and 19 well, version of Josh when did
0: they When did they start strictly going to make him just a closer? Because in 2018 and 19, wasn't he that longer reliever in the later games? Or well, were they still throwing him as a
2: reliever? In 2000, 2019 was the first year where he officially became that more or less the one-inning standard the closer. closer. Quote, but that was also because Corey Knebel was injured, if yeah, you remember. Yep, yep, so in 2017, point. I mean – Corey Knable was an all-star. Yeah. In 2018, Corey Knable was still a really good reliever. Then he got hurt.
0: Then Josh Hader's like, all right, I'll fill that role. 61 appearances in 2019.
2: Yeah, because if I remember correctly, 2018 was the season towards the end of the year where Knable came up with the arm issue. That's when he he, uh, started to kind of become the closer. And then 2019 where Knable was out and or struggled mightily, that was when... He basically full time moved into that normal cro- closer role. I still personally think that Josh Hader, being a versatile multi inning reliever, is probably his most deadly. Well, oh, he's a f- use freak,
0: dude. He's nasty on that mound.
2: But when the when the bullpen is looking like it is now, he obviously has to be the closer. But if a Corey can able if a 2017 or 2018 version of Corey Knebel was still on this roster, yeah, I would love for that individual to be the closer and Hader to be used however you need him in multiple innings. Because totally. then it, if you had a Corey Knebel type with a multiple inning Josh Hader and a potential multiple inning Devin Williams when healthy, geez, get
0: to the Jeez sixth Louise. inning and the game's over. It's done. I just go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this?
6: Hey, boys, Kyle.
0: Hey, what's up, Kyle? How's the weekend, brother?
6: It was good. Got a lot of stuff done, a lot of yard work done. It was nice. Did you get the boy uh, out there? Whip him in shape? I try. You, you know what, man? They come out, they help, and then they disappear. <laughs> um, they were hitting balls in the backyard, so I can't fault them for that. Okay, but uh, I did good. get them outside, you that's
0: know. That's good. All and of it, a sudden, it's like, hey, can you help out? Either the work is crappy or they just disappear, right?
6: Yeah, you know Well, my youngest actually helped more than my oldest, which was surprising, but whatever. <laughs> What's on your mind, Kyle? What's up, man? not much uh i, I miss canable it's funny you just brought him up but uh the re- the reason i'm calling um someone brought up over the weekend i went golfing uh and and it was a good time too but uh someone brought up over the weekend do you think maybe christian Yelich has taken like secret batting practices and he's not really hurt like because he's been having the yips and stuff do you think do you think he's really hurt
2: I, I think he, I, I think he is because it's I mean so bizarre, he was still hitting the ball well. He was batting what three thirty three, but there wasn't yeah. a ton of power behind it. But I mean he's swinging the bat well, hitting for average. But yeah, yeah he was. It, it's
0: just not like it's not like it was, you know, in twenty nineteen and eighteen. Obviously his MVP in eighteen. Right. But yeah, it's not. It's just not. I'm starting to get a little concerned, but also part of me is like, dude, it's April. Calm down, you know.
6: Yeah, for sure. You know, the only thing that bothers me about these guys, Braun and and, and Yellows with back problems. I've been hanging drywall for 22 years. My freaking back hurts every day. If, if, I, if my back hurt and I had to be on the sidelines, well, I wouldn't make any damn money. You know, come on, man up. You guys got freaking the best care in the world. You know, the best chiropractors, the best medicine. It, I yeah, it's April. I don't know. I'm just bitter right now. I we'll I just I wanna see the man on the field. I mean, well so do I, especially got when you get a big contract
0: bat. and you know he's such a phenom, right? But Kyle, to yeah. your point, let, let's let's say like major league baseball how they treat injuries, if that was treated like of every you know, day to day any job out there, my God, yeah. we yeah, like you said, you'd never be at work. Hell my exactly. my back hurts just sitting in this stupid chair have you? I'd never be at work.
2: It's like come on, just go in and do it and get it done. Let's if he, if he's still dealing with this by May tenth I think this is definitely a, a huge thing to be concerned about. Not only Absolutely. for this year, but for future years, you like know the what, next 10.
0: You know what's crazy to think about, though, Kyle, is as much as the woes are with all those guys on the IL, you know, the bats, you have the bullpen, which we thought would be the strongest and now looks like the weakest, the Brewers are still 8-7 and and second in the NL Central right behind the
6: Reds. Yeah, all these young guys have really stepped up, and it, it's really good to see, and I hope it continues.
0: And I want to give you an update real quick on Corey Knabel. Uh I just, because I forgot about him, kind of. He's over yeah, he the, the Dodgers. He was, and it says, Corey uh one day ago, Corey Knebel endures his first rough outing. He was tagged with a blow and save Friday against the Padres.
6: <laughs> Ouch, well, you'll have that, you know, yeah. it's baseball. You know who else is
2: uh, in the bullpen for the Dodgers? Ooh. Old Brewer, Jimmy Nelson.
0: And he, I think he's getting tagged pretty hard, too. So there you go, Kyle, a little old friend update.
6: Sounds
2: great, man. <laughs> see, see
0: you, buddy. I step back after that day. Day. All right. See you, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you, buddy. Kyle and Stoughton. Good stuff. Yeah, Kniebel is tagged blown save Friday against the Padres as a result of allowing two runs on three hits and a walk in two-thirds of an inning. I think
2: it's interesting, what, Kenley Jansen not available to pitch, I would take it in that game? E- yes, I think so.
0: Yep, yep, yep. He was out. Kenley Jansen was out.
2: At least that means that uh, they think – Enough of Corey Knebel, where he's at health wise and what he's done in the past to say, hey, you're next on deck when Canley Jansen's uh not available it means he must have been throwing the ball decently well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jimmy Nelson, though, I saw he got into a game like when the season first started and he got absolutely murdered. I don't think Jimmy Nelson's been doing good at all for the LA Dodgers, but that I I haven't kept tabs on him since I think it was the first week of the season.
2: Yeah, it's a real shame that uh Real shame that he had to tear his rotator cuff the way he did diving back into first base.
0: Yeah. Poor guy.
2: Yeah, Corey Kniebel's throwing the ball extremely well here.
0: Yeah, what's what's he looking at?
2: In spring training, he appeared in nine games for seven and a third innings, gave up just six hits, two walks, struck out ten, just one earned run. Really?
0: Okay. He just had a tough outing on Friday night, I guess. So there you go. little update on the uh, former friends. Also, speaking of old friends of the Milwaukee Brewers, Rowdy's going on the... What are you, rocking on uh, Chase Anderson here? With yeah. the Phillies
2: and the Razor's Edge? Yeah, so far this season, can able ERA of three in seven games. So six innings, he is allowed two runs, but struck out nine. But it sounds like, yeah, the, the first time he's given up any runs was that uh, appearance. Interesting. There you go. Old friends. And that's a guy that... I think if the Brewers were a, a bigger market team where they had deeper pocketbooks, they never would have had to have traded Corey Canable. but giving them a chance to try and figure it out and see if he's really had it on that one-year deal for over $5 million, yeah. he couldn't do that. I mean, look at some of the guys that they brought in. They brought in uh, Anderson. And they brought in Travis Shaw for what they would have had to have paid just taking a shot on Corey Knable. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Brett Anderson's been pretty solid so he far. Yes, he looked really he, good. on. It was, was his a, longest outing. Yeah, he was serviceable the since year Since 2019 before, on Saturday. And Travis Shaw has played extremely well and, and above what you thought you would get. What so. Anderson
0: go on Saturday? Went seven and one-thirds? I think, I think it was his longest outing since 2019. Yeah, and that's crazy for a Craig <laughs> Housel.
2: But him. yeah, you got those two guys for basically, I even think it was a little less than what you would have got or what you would have had to have paid Corey Kniebel if they picked up that option. <laughs>